Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome back to The Grind, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that this is now episode 32. Hey, you like the way I said 30? That's British. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where that came from, and uh, so uh, I had a friend from Scotland that I went to Williams with, and she would say thirty uh, when she said thirty. I just love to hear her talk, and so it just popped into my head. That's British. <laughs> You know, the quintessential British things like theory and other things. Yeah, like no, that. it's not. It was actually Scottish. She was Scottish. Oh, my gosh. And so, uh, anyway, oh. well, th- folks, y- you know this is what you get if you've listened oh. to us for any length of time now. And so, usually, I'm Dave McClung. Usually, we make it like a few more seconds in. Yeah, we know. just jumped right in today, didn't we? Yeah. 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 So, Chad's a bit. thinking... Uh, Dave needs more rest. Yeah. So, not yeah. that it would make any difference. Yeah. So, with me as always, my uh, beloved and uh, uh, sidekick, Dave. Yeah. I'm your sidekick. Well, I was yeah. I was going to say uh, I was going to give an adjective to describe the sidekick. Yeah. You're not just any old sidekick. You're yeah, I'm luscious keeps a little, popping into my head. Probably and a just, little bit use use more useless than normal sidekicks. No, probably no, no. Yeah. I, you know. You're you're more than useless. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> I don't know how much more. I, but, I'm you probably know. the upward basketball equivalent of sidekicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're my boo winkle. All right, yeah, yeah boo winkle. You're my boo winkle. All right. So, uh, all right, it's good to be here, Dave. Yeah, with you, in the right. dungeon this episode. We are. We are back with Sir Nicholas Burt. Yep. Our production minister in the dungeon outside the green room of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. And so first time we've been in the same room in a while for a podcast, so that's always good. And And, uh, and, and even greater with us is is ABSC royalty today. Yes, we have a very special guest. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, this this podcast, we, we always say that we strive for mediocrity and sometimes reach it. Today, we're shooting for the stars. Yeah. We, we brought in the El Presidente yes. of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Is that British too, Dave? That's, that uh, too? that's French. That's French, okay. El Presidente. I think that's French, isn't it? No, that's I don't know what that is. Uh, that's uh, Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. Are you really struggling? Well, I, was, I almost okay. said Hispanic, okay. and it's not, it's not Hispanic. It's Spanish. Okay. I told you, man. It's just I'm sleep deprived today. This is wonderful. And so, now we're we're glad to have with us today via iPhone technology, uh, (laughs) Doctor Sam Roberts, pastor of First Baptist Stuttgart. What's up, Sam? Hey guys, man. I have no idea what I got myself (laughs) into. You know, usually it takes us First a little of all, bit to David descend into the madness. David talking in tongues, you know, saying it's British or Scottish. And it's, yeah. Man, I, I don't know where that language originated from. Uh, and then he introduced Chad at his beloved. Yeah. I have no idea where this is going today, yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it can only go up from there. That's true. Sam. That's right. That's good, right. Good point. That's typically how our podcasts start. It can only go up from there. That's so, uh, and then we prove everybody wrong. All <laughs> that, we all we can take it down a couple of notches. That's right. <laughs> this can get worse. I yeah. assure you. Yeah. And so, uh, well, I, you know, it's so funny as we talk to guys that, that listen to the podcast. You know, we never hear, man, this was so meaningful. This was so helpful. <laughs> what we hear is, man, you guys sure do have a lot of fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so basically, we're just a bunch of nonsense for about an hour that kind of, you know, helps people waste time during their day. I guess. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with that. That's right. That's I'm right. Okay so, that. Sam, welcome maybe, to the Maybe madness. there's a new tagline, you know, bringing a little sense to the nonsense. Oh, there you go. Hey, hey. I like that. That that sounds like a sermon title there. That that just came to me, man. Hey, <laughs> you better write that one down. First Baptist yeah. Stuttgart, look out. Here's your new sermon series. Yeah. Bringing a little <laughs> sense to the nonsense. 
You could do it. A, you could do it. As it a, could happen. That's right. It could happen. You could do it as a stewardship hand, campaign and do cents instead of cents. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And and make it cheesy. stewardship thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> hey, keep going. We're working on something. Hey, here. That's right. I'm telling you, you'll be able to package this and make lots of money. It's the, it's the next purpose driven life. Wow. <laughs> All right. Okay. Before this goes any further, and I say any more dumb things, uh, we've got six questions to work through here. So there's a lot of opportunity for more nonsense. But uh, so, Dr. Sam, I want you kind of uh, introduce yourselves and kind of give everybody a picture of your ministry journey leading up to and including First Baptist Stuttgart. All right. Uh- Hey, I'm a product of Arkansas, grew up in Northeast Arkansas in a little community called Black Oak. Uh, went to Mark Tree High School there, uh, graduated from there, went on to Washita. Uh, spent four wonderful years there, met my wife there, uh, Martha from Pine Bluff. Um, we moved in 1982 to Louisville, Kentucky, where I began seminary studies at Southern Seminary, uh, getting my master's and also Ph.D., and while there, had the opportunity to pastor two churches. Uh, started in 1983. I was just sharing uh, this past week. I was uh, preaching a tent revival at First Baptist Church, Mark Tree, and shared with them that I cannot. There, there's not been a time since October of 1983 that I have not been known as the pastor of a local church. Yeah. Uh, God just placed us in uh, four churches in that length of time. A uh, little rural church to begin with, about 55 miles from. Uh, from Louisville and uh, had a great ministry there of a little over six years. Uh, moved to the inner city, pastored an inner city church uh, in Louisville for the next six and a half years or so. Uh, and then God brought us back home to Walnut Ridge where I pastored First Baptist there. Did a little adjunct teaching at Williams Baptist College. Uh, and 15 years ago, uh, brought us to First Baptist Stuttgart. 15 years. Wow. 15 years. Gosh, I didn't think it had been that long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a lifetime, brother. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's been great. It really has. That, we love that, our community. I uh, love this church. Uh, it's been good to us. I know that. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense because you were at First Baptist uh, Walnut Ridge when I was at school at Williams. So, I was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, you came to Walnut Ridge as I was on my way out. Were you? Okay. That's uh, it. Yeah. That's exactly right. You were pastoring in Light, yep. Arkansas. I Wednesday. was. I was. Yeah. yeah. The booming metropolis of Light. <laughs> yeah. Those you, poor people. Yeah. Light still hasn't recovered from Dave's pastorate there. I don't <laughs> yeah. think. They... Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that, in, in Light, they refer to those as the dark years. <laughs> <laughs> the dark ages in Light. Yeah. Uh, the dark ages of Dave. Yeah. There you so, go. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Dr. Sam, you're currently the acting ABSC president, um, and really would love to know a little bit about the annual meeting from your perspective, and what would you say have been the biggest kind of changes to the annual meeting to make it more a meaningful experience for pastors and for our some you know most of our audience, church planters and others? Sure, uh, I'm excited about this year's annual meeting. Uh, we're going to meet at First Baptist Russellville. Uh, they have a brand new, uh, ju- uh, a new facility, uh, so we're going to be able to to go there worship with them. I know they're going to do a great job of welcoming everybody, um, you know, showing hospitality to everyone who comes through those doors. Uh, th- there have been a couple of things over the past few years uh, that we've had the opportunity to tweak just a little bit. Uh, wh- one of those things that I inherited uh, two years ago. Uh, was an emphasis on beginning each session with a focused prayer for revival and spiritual awakening. Mm. Uh, that That's one thing I hope we never change. Yeah, um, I, I do hope that that's something that stays there, that it's written in stone, that we are going to continue to pray for revival and spiritual awakening uh, in our churches. And so uh, we will have folks at the beginning of each session come to the, uh, the, the pulpit, uh, address the messengers and uh, share a word from uh, from God, and then uh, also lead us in a focused time of praying for revival and spiritual awakening. Um, uh, an- another part of the annual meeting that I inherited from Archie, I believe Archie was the one who began this, 
during his tenure, we added uh, a couple of panel discussions, mm-hmm. uh, which really seemed to resonate with our pastors and church leaders yeah. uh, because they were talking about current topics. Uh, and, and I think that has been used to, uh, we've also utilized that same kind of a format uh, with a lot of our luncheons that we do. Uh, very, very beneficial discussions that take place. Uh, this year's panel discussion for the annual meeting uh, will have Dr. Tucker leading that. Uh, and he's going to be talking with the leaders of each of our uh, state convention agencies and institutions. Uh, so it'll be a great time hearing their heart uh, for that particular ministry uh, and how um, Arkansas Baptists are making a difference uh, in the lives of people uh, through that agency, through that institution. Uh, I, I think one of the two, two, two pretty significant changes, uh, let me touch on just briefly. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we brought together uh, the elected officers of the state convention as well as the pastor's conference uh, for the purpose of sitting around a table and planning the annual meeting. Uh, I, I think that was something that hasn't been done in the past mm-hmm. where we those officers together. Uh, it, it, that, that's kind of who I am. I'm a team player. I, uh, I approach our staff relations here at uh, First Stuttgart in that same way and value input from, from everyone around the table on the team. Uh, so that was something I talked to Dr. Tucker about. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's something pretty special that happens when uh, you get in a room and everyone's input is welcomed and it's valued. Uh, and, and I think as a result of that, we're going to see the fruit of that time together with our annual meeting. Uh, last two years, we've shared a theme between the pastor's conference and uh, the annual meeting, which has not happened in the past. Uh, so there's some continuity uh, there uh, between those two. Uh, this year, the theme is encourage to engage. Uh, we took the engage from last year about talking uh, the need of uh, engaging our community with the gospel. And Greg Sype, who is the president of the Pastors Conference, uh, identified what he thought was a major need among pastors, and that was just simply encouragement. Uh, and so that's going to run throughout our uh, Pastors Conference and annual meeting, uh, offering encouragement through the speakers that are there, uh, and, and to encourage one another to engage our community with the gospel. Um, that panel discussion uh, we've added another panel discussion to the pastors conference as well. Uh, and that fits in with you guys, because I think it's going to include some church planters from the Send cities. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a beneficial time. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the last thing I would say, guys, is I, I've really tried to place an emphasis uh, on church planting in the Delta uh, and resourcing and uh, work, working alongside of our African-American pastors there. Uh, so that that's been a big push of mine personally, yeah. uh, because I'm from the Delta, raised in the Delta, still live in the Delta, uh, and that's that's just where my heart is. Uh, so we've tried to uh, incorporate as much of that flavor uh, into our uh, annual meeting as as we possibly can. Yeah, you know, I think it was the the annual meeting at First Baptist Cabot. I think Greg was the president. Greg Addison was president then. There was uh, may have been Dr. Turner's last year as executive director. There was a a big shift made to turn the annual meeting into more of a worship celebration with yes. a lot of testimonies, and you were a part of that. You know, kind of the first wave of church planting partnership testimonies. And, I remember. Uh, that. Yeah, I, that was a that was one of the best annual meetings I've ever been a part of, and and the subsequent ones since then have have continued that worshipful atmosphere with all of these celebration testimonies and, and uh, there's still business that happens, but that's not the majority of what goes on now at the annual meeting. And uh, that's, you've been a big part of that for, for a while. So, well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it, it's, it's been a fun ride. It really has Dave. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, that input being able, like you said, uh, when Greg was uh, president of our convention of, of sharing some words about some partnerships that we've had uh, that we started during that time. Uh, and especially with uh, Jarvis yeah. uh, and the guys at uh, West Helena. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's some good stuff, man. Yeah. 
So, so kind of along those lines, you know, we've had this kind of big shift in tone, kind of big shift in emphasis, you know, a lot more emphasis on church planning and mission, celebration testimonies, partnerships, all that stuff. You know, what, what would you say to, uh, to some of our church planners about the annual meeting that maybe would encourage them to come and be a part of it? You know, what, what would be a draw for them that you'd say, hey, here's why you need to come. Here's why you need to be a part of that uh, annual meeting and see what's going on. <clears throat> I, I, I think the first thing that that I would, you know, if I was in a room of uh, of church planters speaking with them, uh, would would be just to remind them, hey guys, this is your convention. Yeah, uh, I mean, local associations and state conventions are are really just as strong and creative and uh, and engaging uh, as those who compose them. You know, mm-hmm. those who participate, those who uh, add their voice to the conversation. Uh, and these are voices we need, uh, you know, church planners out there, man, we, we, we need your energy. We need that creativity. Yeah. Uh, we need your voice. Um, we, we also know how difficult it is to be a pastor of a church, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and to lead a church. And I, you know, what I would say to church planners is, you know, I, I can't, from my perspective, uh, imagine doing all of this on my own with no support system. Uh, and what you find in our state convention uh, that that's a vital vital part of my own personal support system as a local pastor. Yeah, uh, I, I really believe from uh, everywhere I've been, all of the guys I've talked to over the years, um, I, I I don't think there's another denominational structure that offers the type of resources and encouragement and tools that you find in our own state convention. Uh, so when you, when you attend the annual meeting. Uh, you're going to discover from all of those testimonies and reports that you hear uh, just where and how your CP dollars are, are utilized as we advance the kingdom here in, uh, in Arkansas as well as among the nations. And I would say another, another draw uh, for church planters is, you know, you've got the opportunity, even if you don't have the mic, you have the opportunity to share your story uh, in just a lot of different areas whether it's in the hallway or, you know, the bookstore or uh, the gathering areas, just, just to share your story. Uh, and as you share the story of what God is doing uh, in your location, God can use those conversations to create partnership. Yeah. It, it's happened with me. You know, yeah. that's how I've discovered uh, some of the partnerships that we've been involved in. Yeah. It's through conversations I've had over a cup of coffee at the annual meeting. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, you know the networking possibilities are off the charts. I mean, we I always walk out of the annual meeting with two or three, you know, new church plants and new partnerships, just in conversations I've had. You know, and awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and so there's that, and it, you know, I take you know the, and this is this is one of my big challenges to our church planners is. You know, regardless of what you've experienced, you know, in the past, you know, the annual meeting, you know, the guys that are influential and having a voice over the annual meeting and how things go there, like you and Archie Mason and West George and some of these guys, you guys are some of the biggest champions for church planting in the country. And so so they get to hear continually this this praise and championing of church planning in Arkansas and and know that this is not just lip service. I mean they these you guys are are not just have their back, but you're out front, you know, trying to pave the way and cheer them on. And and man, our, our church planners need to hear that and see that. And the annual meeting is a great uh you know time to, to see that emphasize and reiterate it over and over and over and so you know you're one of the biggest champions for that and and uh our, our guys need to know who you are and so well well thank you dave uh just 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 love our church planters i mean i i, I do uh you know we need more churches in our state no yeah. doubt about it yeah we look at the lostness in our communities uh, and it's here in stuttgart as well as every other community in our state um, the lostness just seems to continue to increase, uh, and we we just need more and more yeah. uh, churches planted in all kinds of contexts across the state. Um, and, and you know, as long as God gives me breath to breathe, uh, I, I'm going to continue to champion that cause. 
Yeah. Yeah, and and you have uh, your your heart for church planting has come out uh, in in all that you guys have done in your leadership at First Baptist and leading them to partner with church plants not only in Arkansas in the United States but around the world. So tell us a little bit about how uh, what is that church planting the partnership in church planting that you've led Stutt- first Baptist Stuttgart in how what has that done for your church and how has that even maybe helped you guys uh, where you are yeah oh it's, it's been tremendous help Chad um, I, I'll tell you one of the first words that come to my mind when when I think of uh, the benefit what I've seen personally uh, from our church being involved uh, in the mission partnerships that we that we do. Uh, which, which are primarily with church planters, uh, is is focus. Uh, mm. we, we we're better able to focus on the why, mm. you know, on the on the great commission of making disciples, of uh, sending disciples out into our community and uh, and among the na- the nations with the gospel. So so that that focus is is so important. It's it's become more sharp over, over the last few years. Uh, I think there, there's a certain amount of energy and excitement that's in our church now yeah. that wasn't at one time. Yeah. Uh, and these partnerships have created a lot of that energy and excitement as well. Wow. Uh, we're, we're going to unveil here in the next few weeks uh, new partnerships that, that we're going to bring on board. Uh, and... Uh, we, we've already got people, you know, well, where's it going to be? Where, where's God sending us now? <laughs> you know, those, those sort of so that, that's cool stuff, you know, yeah. when you got that, uh, that going on. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, of, of course, the, one of the greatest benefits of this, just how, how it's, how it's really impacted and strengthened first Stuttgart, uh, is it, it makes us more aware of the needs within our own community, yeah. uh, serving our own community because, as those teams travel to work alongside uh, our partners, they always come back with this renewed sense of passion mm. for the lost in our own community, for the underserved in our own community. And we've had uh, ministries begun right here uh, in Stuttgart that are a direct result uh, of what happened when a partner, when a team went on a partnership mission. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been that that's been incredible. They they come back too loaded with ideas, you know. Uh, hey, th- this church was doing this in their community. Should be any reason why we shouldn't do that same thing? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, and, and so that's that's just some good stuff. Uh, it really is just uh, uh, that renewed passion uh, that is contagious. Yeah. Uh, when when folks stand in front of the congregation and. And say, hey, let me tell you about uh, our, our week we spent in Boston or uh, Valonia or Urbeet, Russia, or wherever it may be, uh, Dallas. Let, let me tell you about what God did. And uh, they start getting personal about how, how that that trip changed them. Uh, and people began to see that. Uh, and it becomes contagious, spreads throughout the congregation. So, uh that, that that's what I would say. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Absolutely. Well, and and we tell you know partner church, potential partner churches, and even churches that may not <clears throat> may not like some of the church planning going on in their area. You know, one of the things, and you you hit all these. One of the things we see over and over and over is if a, an established church will get engaged with a church planner, there's always a renewed sense of uh, of sure. energy. Always yeah. kind of a renewed sense of urgency to reach the mm-hmm. lost. There's fresh eyes and kind of new mm-hmm. ideas that come back to the established church. And typically, established church will grow right alongside that church plant um, and uh, and and grow the same way because they're they're engaged and and exactly. uh, and mission becomes you know comes to the forefront again. You know that established church as well. And so. Uh, um, yeah, that's man, great, great word on that. Um, okay, so you talk, I love you know, you're talking about you know your teams coming back from some of these trips, engaging with church plants, and you talking about unveiling some new partnerships. Where are we going next? So there's this this level of anticipation now 
that has, you know, is occurring on a regular basis as new partnerships open up and new ventures. You know, as, as you guys have made that journey building up to that anticipation, what, you know, what were some of the challenges you had to overcome and getting your church engaged? You know, what were some of the big questions they had uh, and maybe some of the things you did to help them overcome some of their concerns or, or maybe fears about engaging too heavily in church planning? Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got a level wow. of anticipation excitement now. So what was it that kind of got yeah. you there? Yeah, it, it wasn't always there, yeah. you know. Yeah. We, 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 we know that, um, we, we've been involved, uh, guys, I think the last nine years, 10 years, uh, in, in this intentional partnership with missions, yeah. the, the, the church here has always been, uh, supportive of missions, cooperative program, giving off the chart, you yeah. know, for the size of church, yeah. uh, always supportive of all of the mission, uh, special mission offerings, you know, those, those sort of things. So that's never been a question right. uh, of that, that level of commitment. Uh, but that there's a history the church had uh, of planting churches. We, we have three churches in our association uh, that were planted by First Baptist Upgard back mm. in the 50s. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, and, and so that the history is there uh, and the history of going alongside other church plants, uh, not only through uh, North American Mission Board, but internationally as well, uh, is there. But it seemed like a lot of people had forgotten that yeah. um, be, because uh, of some, well, just j- just some things that had happened prior to our arrival here. Um, just stuff. And, and, yeah, just that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, get your eyes off of what uh, the purpose of the church is. Uh, and, and you start turning inward, uh, you know, to take care of self uh, and, and all. And, and so many churches find themselves in, in, in that situation uh, where we're not looking out, but we're looking in. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's only been the last 10 years that we've been doing this. I've been here 15. Uh, so the first five years uh, were, were those, those times of laying the groundwork for uh, developing this kind of culture where, we, we serve locally, we go wherever we can with the gospel. Um, now, now of course, we've got to all keep, keep this in mind uh, that it, it may not take that kind of length of time for every church to make that kind of a turn. Yeah. You know, it, it did for us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a pretty methodical guy. I, I, I like to think in, in, in terms of systems and patterns and, and steps that you take and, uh, but I also want to see things happen as quickly as they possibly can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this was one area I had to really work on on myself, you know, because I wanted this to occur a lot quicker than it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I had to make sure the church understood that rich history that we had uh, of of planting churches, um, and the need today to plant even more churches. You know, to make sure that I was steadily giving them uh, reality dose uh, of of the lostness of Stuttgart, as well as you know, uh, among the nations, um, because it, it when you start to turn your eyes inward, you lose sight of that. Yeah. Uh, and and so it just took some time to get to that point. Um, since then. Uh, I'd say another challenge that we've had, you know, I- anytime that you um, say yes to partnering specifically with church planters, uh, you've got to learn to say no to other causes. Mm, wow. Uh, yeah. we, you know, we've got a very giving church, uh, but just like all churches, the resources are limited. You know, mm-hmm. there's a certain limit to those. Uh, and, saying no to an activity or an event uh, that, that the church really has no purpose for uh, or it serves no purpose for the kingdom uh, that frees up financial resources and people resources for partnership missions, the church planners. It, it's sometimes difficult, uh, but, but it's necessary. And, and, and that's been one of those challenges, you know, to, uh, to, to look at everything that, 
we support within our budget uh, and to say, okay, what, what is going to help us reach more people with the gospel? Um, and, and what are we doing that is not doing that, that we can just get rid of and we can free those resources up? We can free the, the people power up. Uh, where we're not burning people out on some activity that is useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's that's part of that process. Um, and something that we've just recently encountered, uh, we've been doing for nine years, uh, we, we've had a strong partnership with uh, a Baptist church in Urbeet, Russia. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, just starting to see fruit in that. I think they, they baptized like eight people just, a few weeks before our last team went there. Wow. Uh, great. And, and so learning to say bye <laughs> is, <laughs> is a difficult thing. Yeah. And, you know, when to conclude that partnership. And, and, and we think that we're kind of at that point with that, that partnership of not just cutting it off cold Turkey, but, but maybe, you know, reducing the number of teams, reducing the, uh, uh, you know, the resources, those sort of things. Um, so, so we've learned to set uh, an initial time frame of three years uh, with a partnership uh, just to say, hey, at the end of three years, we, we can say, hey, we want to re-up on this. We want to go for three more, and we redefine that partnership. Uh, you know, with, with what that's going to involve, or, or we can use that as a time to say, Hey, it's been good, but we believe we can be more useful in the kingdom and in another location. Yeah. Uh, And and so that saying by and ending a partnership is, uh, one of the challenges, you know, that we're working through right now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, man, I, you know, it's been fun. Of course I've, you know, got a strong connection with first Stuttgart, you and, and, uh, Dustin Sams and Scott Quimby, you know, just such great friends. And, and it's been, it's been so fun to, to watch your church just grow in their love for mission and their passion for people and, and such a strong partner in church planting and, uh, and man, it's done a great job of, of leading them in that. And, and uh, I, I just, I love, that's one of the things I love about this job at state conventions. You get to see that happen all over the state. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's one thing I've loved about serving as president, because I've seen that more often, yeah. more frequently than I did before. I knew it was going on, but being able to, to see that, uh, you know, in, in a lot of different contexts around, around our state has been an incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff going on in Arkansas right now. <laughs> yes, sir. Before we get to rapid fire, we want to ask you kind of one more question. You talked about the partnerships you guys have, and we want to know from your perspective as a partner, um, what would you say to church planters to help them maybe work better with their church partners? What are the ingredients that make up a great partnership? Yeah, good question, man. Um well, you're, you know, no, we, thank you. We, Dave came up with it. So. <laughs> he, he won't believe that. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we've had partnerships that I would say were, were incredible. We've had others that not been incredible. Not incredible. Maybe not even good. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I, I, I think the most important thing is communication with mm. you, with your partner church. Yeah, uh, you you simply cannot communicate too much. Yeah, with with, with your church partners, uh, and, and the kind of things that that I would say to a church planter uh, that they need to make sure they are constantly feeding this uh, to whoever that point person is uh, in, in the, uh, the 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 partner church. Uh, you know, specific prayer concerns. Uh, we, we know the importance of, of praying, you know, uh, if, if this church plant is going to be successful, it, it's got to be bathed in prayer. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that, that partner church has a lot of folks just ready to pray. Yeah. Uh, and, and the more info you can give, the more specific you can be on 
hey, here are the concerns. Here are the needs in this community that we've identified. Uh, but also, here are the needs of my family. Yeah. You know, uh, here's how you can be praying for my wife. Here's how you can pray for my children. Um, and I'd say along those same lines, um, we've had our current partners provide this for us, and it, it's been very helpful. Um, you know, information about your family uh, in terms of birth dates and mm-hmm. anniversary, uh, you know, what your kids like, what are their interests, what are their hobbies. Um, huh. the, the more info that that uh, partner church can have in those areas the better they're able to funnel that information into small groups, Sunday school classes, um, you know, and say, won't you guys consider, you know, uh, just adopting, you know, this church planter family or, or this child uh, or ladies, you know, adopting this wife uh, and come alongside of her. And uh, here's some interest she has. Here's, Here's what she likes to do. Here are the needs that she has. And, and pictures of the family, always good, too. Yeah. Uh, where you can post that, uh, and and, uh, and people can go by and look and say, oh, that's the family we're, we're, we're helping, we're supporting. Um, I, I think, too, celebrations, you know, uh, when victories uh, are achieved, uh, the, those things need to be uh, shared with the uh, uh, the partner church, yeah. Uh, whether that's uh, you know, videos are incredible. Uh, we we've had videos of some of our partner churches that you know have uh, had baptism services, and we played them on a Sunday morning here. Yeah, and, and our folks just go crazy. Yeah, you know they they love to see that because they know these are folks that we've been investing in. We're part of that. Yeah, uh, you know that that that's fruit that we've. Uh, we've helped uh, gather for the kingdom. Um, so so that sort of thing, uh, uh, really good. Uh, our partner church in Irby, Russia, is constantly sending us pictures of children and families that they are helping with food and clothing and medicine uh, from the financial gifts that some of our members send that way. Hmm. Uh, so we're always putting those, you know, when we get those, uh, up on the the screen uh, uh, during a service to let folks know, you know, uh, here's here's where your money is going, uh, and, and that also helps on my 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 perspective, uh, my part in uh, I will take those photos, those pics, uh, and when I send a letter to uh, folks who have financially supported that ministry to say thanks, I'll include a picture, you yeah. know, of that family have one of those families in there uh, and say, guys, you know, th- this is a family that you're giving is helping. Yeah. You know, th- these kids have clothes because of that, or they go to school or they have medicine or food on the table uh, because of what you're doing. Um, uh, you know, just, just that communication. Uh, I- I've been really impressed with one of our Arkansas guys who's recently moved to Boston, mm-hmm. Jason Talent. Yeah. Talent is knocking it out of the park in terms of the newsletter that he puts together. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, have you guys seen that? I have, yeah. Oh, it's 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 awesome stuff. Our church planners, you know, if you're not doing some kind of a new, newsletter, that's a great way uh, to get info out to your uh, partner churches. Um, let's see. I, I think another thing, um, to clarify that partnership, you know, is important. Uh, I think it's very important. Uh that partner church and church planter uh, and leadership team there uh, kind of sit down and say, Hey, here's what's expected. Yeah. You know, here, here's what we're going to do. Uh, here's what we have to offer um, that, that we, you know, each of us say, here's what we bring to the table in this partnership. Uh, so we know right at the very beginning um, what each is willing to commit uh, and especially the partner church, uh, with, uh, with, with us, we do, we do a, a three level kind of commitment. Uh, there's a prayer commitment. There's a financial support, uh, that each year in that three year, uh, partnership uh, decreases each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the commitment of sending teams. Um, and 
I, I, based on a former uh, experience, not in Arkansas, okay, yeah. uh-huh. in another state, uh-huh. uh, I, I think one of the most important things that church planters can do with their partner church is to make sure that when a team arrives, that you have a plan for what they're going to do. Yes. Uh, there is nothing that kills excitement, enthusiasm, as a team having to sit down uh, in a room and just twiddle their thumbs and, and not have anything to do. Uh, and the church planters say, oh, this fell through, and, um, you know, you guys just stay here today, and tomorrow we'll try something else. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's nothing that kills it any more than that. Uh, so have a plan, have a backup plan, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, uh, th- those are the things I would say are, are, are just really, really needed, uh, in that partnership. Man. Great. That's great stuff at planters. I hope you just heard all that and, uh, help us help you, <laughs> uh, to quote exactly Jerry right. Maguire. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, here, here's, we're going to move into what uh, many uh, deem as the, the, uh, what's what I'm looking for? The, the penultimate moment of the interview where we get to rapid fire. These are the okay, burning man. questions that the public wants to know. Whoa. So, <laughs> and these are, these are hardball questions too. So, all right, here, here we go. Rapid fire. Uh, Top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? Wow. Uh, Knowing God huh. is, is an incredible by Packer. Uh-huh. Uh, love that book. Uh, Cost of Discipleship, Bonhoeffer. Yeah. <clears throat> well, besides, uh, I was at a uh, block party a while back in Stuttgart and got to see your <laughs> amazing skill at balloon animals, which you were doing for kids as they were waiting to go into the clinic, which I thought was awesome, by the way. Um, Thank you, man. Besides that, what's your biggest strength in ministry besides balloon animals? <laughs> besides <laughs> balloon animals, what's your man, biggest strength you in ministry? You just popped my balloon. I'm right? telling you, dude. Uh, uh, greatest, uh, I, I, I think it's vision casting. Okay. And we, Being able to say here's here's where uh, here's where God's leading, mm-hmm. um, and and here's what we need to do to get there. Yeah. All right. What about your biggest weakness to overcome? Wow, I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, hardball, hardball. Just, hey, hey, just 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 like so many other guys, uh, you know, discipline. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Just 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 discipline especially uh, when it comes to, to health and exercise. Mm. Uh, those are things that I, I put aside, you know, for seasons, uh, and I need to be doing that on a continual basis. Yeah. Amen. I'm Me right too. there with you yeah. on that one. All right, favorite hobby or pastime? <clears throat> uh, fishing. Hmm. Crappie fishing. Ah, my favorite fish to eat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what You're if, speaking my love language now. That that's that's one reason why I need to exercise. <laughs> what about your favorite movie, Doctor Sam? Favorite movie? Uh, I love uh, anything. Uh, the Star Wars saga. Oh, love yeah. love Star Wars. Me too. Uh, I love uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. Uh, that that genre uh-huh. uh, of movies. Uh, just, just love those. So, anything that has at least six films in the <laughs> catalog is. The... Well, I wouldn't say all six, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Star Wars. Okay, uh, I'm really excited for Blade, the new Blade Runner yeah, movie looks coming good. out. Yeah. Hey, that's that looks pretty good. Harrison Ford. Yeah. No kidding, man. He's yeah. still alive. Yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he didn't die with Han Solo. In the He's last still story. bad, isn't he? He's bad. Gosh, he is. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh. <laughs> All right. Favorite band or musician? Oh, uh, Bob Dylan. Oh, right. Good one. Classic. Ooh. All right. 
See, that wasn't too hard. Yeah, you win the award for shortest oh, answers. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. See, that was actual rapid fire. It was. You did really well. You did Important really point, well. Man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're looking for there. Yeah. All right. Well, Sam, man, thanks so much. Uh, dude, I love you and uh, just appreciate your friendship, your partnership. Uh, man, you've always been such a, a strong proponent for church planning in Arkansas and a great partner to us. And, and, uh, you know, even when some of the partnerships haven't worked out so great, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad we didn't get specific, brother. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You continue, you continue to plug away with us and, and, hey. and not just here in Arkansas, but I know guys nationally uh, have benefited so much. From, from First Baptist Stuttgart's partnership. And, and so, man, I just thank you and so glad to finally get you on the podcast to talk about some of this stuff. Hey, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Chad. Great conversation with Sam, uh, as I knew it would be. Uh, I just love that guy. His heart for the church, love for the church, uh, love for the Delta. You yeah. know, born there, raised there, pastored there most of his adult ministry. And and uh, is had has had such a huge impact on the Delta. You know, strong uh, leader in our Delta network to see new churches planted, new partnerships between Anglo churches, African American churches. You know, seeing communities come together. Uh, they've done a great job of loving their own community in Stuttgart and. Uh, uh, and it, and we just don't have a better partner church than First Stuttgart uh, in the state, and and I know some of our national sin city church planners have benefited, you know, greatly from their partnership as well, and mm-hmm. and so uh, man, just can't say enough good things about Sam and uh, you know his friendship and partnership, and uh, great great dude. Yeah, yeah, really good conversation. Just to get his perspective, not only from. ABSC president, but a guy who's done a lot of partnering with uh, with other churches and church plants, and you know, a guy who's been a real advocate. You know, it just it means so much. I think when you got a, a guy like Sam who's led his church to do what he's led them mm-hmm. to do, who's an advocate for church planting, yeah. it just it just it carries so much weight, and, and it is an integral part of their mission strategy. Yeah, you know, from yeah. from here to the world, right. Um, it's not just something tacked on. Yeah, it's it, this in is their mission and, strategy in Stuttgart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, and and church planners, if you're listening, you know, here's a guy. I want you to hear from Sam because here's a guy who has partnered. I don't know how many church plants here in Arkansas, and then several nationally uh, across the country, and obviously in Irby, Russia, for the last several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he says. You know, you can't over-communicate. Uh, tell us about your families yeah. so that, you know, send us pictures. When you have a celebration event, send us videos. You know, and we, we say all the time, help us tell the story. Mm-hmm. If you have a baptism, shoot video. If you have a life transformation you know, story, tell us the story and shoot us a picture. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you heard it from one of our best partner churches. And the reason they become one of our best partner churches is because, They've gotten some of these things. Their church mm-hmm. has seen this. They mm-hmm. they know their church planners. They're engaged with their church planners, and and so when you tell those stories, and you know, and and I hope you guys didn't miss this, but he said we can say to our Sunday school classes, "Hey, why don't you adopt this family?" Mm-hmm. And so while the church as a whole is partnering financially, prayer support, mission teams, those Sunday school classes then are sending birthday presents. They're sending gift cards to couples to have date nights. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, all of those kind of things. And and, I, and it means so much, you know, to have that level of partnership. And, man, they've just been a stellar example of how to do that. And so when, when Sam says, here's some things to help mm-hmm. partnerships yeah. work better, you, you need to listen to Sam. Yeah, I was thinking if you if you have if you're a planter and you have partners who are in some way supporting you, whether relationally, financially, however their prayer support, if you are not sending them communication about how things are going, you're you're missing out. Like that is a missed opportunity. You know, uh, you got to communicate with the partners that God's given you, and uh, and. You know, you, you just got to be doing those things. So thought it was really good what he had to say. 
about about all those things. So I'm excited about the annual meeting too, and hopefully, you know what he said to, about planters and pastors coming. We'll we'll uh, we'll get some folks there. Yeah, and uh, and it really you know our annual meeting has taken a turn over the last several years to be a much more worshipful environment. It it is a celebration of church planting and mission. Uh, I I mean, every every year there are new testimonies highlighted about what's going on in church planting. And this year, even more so. I mean, a very special service on Tuesday night uh, after Dr. Tucker's message where we're going to do a a church planter commissioning prayer service. And first time we've done something like this, but another way to highlight church planters, church planting, you know, in Arkansas. And so uh, young leaders, you know, we, we want you to know that, that Arkansas is listening to you. They love you. And, and this is a great time to find out what's going on and see that, you know, firsthand with your own eyes. Uh, rather than just listening to us two knuckleheads talk about it. Right. That's right. That's I know right. we carry a lot of weight in the podcasting community with our voice. <laughs> We do. (laughs) So, all right. Great interview with Sam. We're going to kick it over now to story time with Uncle Neil. It's story time with Uncle Neil. Today's story comes from Boonville, Arkansas, and Pastor Eric Green at First Baptist Church, Boonville. Pastor Green at First Baptist Church in Boonville just recently planted Hope Church in Ozark, Arkansas. They just started their preview services. Now, a preview service is a monthly gathering designed to allow the neighborhood or the area where you're planting to get to know who you are and you get to know who they are. Eric Green's first preview service with Hope Church in Ozark witnessed over 170 people in attendance with six salvations. Wow, what a great start. Congratulations to Eric Green, First Baptist Church, Boonville, and the new church plant, Hope Church in Ozark, Arkansas. We want to hear your story, too. Email us at thegrind at absc.org. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. What is this? I'm still sore I never read Moby Dick. I'm very important. You never read anything I asked you to. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Let's look at Chad and Dave's bookshelf. All right, for this week's bookshelf, I just asked Chad, hey, do you got a book this week? Yeah. <laughs> that was the response, ladies and gentlemen. And as you have come to know and love, that's that's what you get a lot from Chad. You get the energetic, so, meh, meh, meh. Yeah, meh, sure. So much energy on this side of the microphone, Dave. Yeah. So let me go first. Yeah, please. Energize this bookshelf segment. Yeah, you read books, just it's crazy. <laughs> You devour you, books like you read books. I didn't have an analogy. You're I crazy, just, man. So yes, both of those are true. <laughs> so all right. So this uh, this week uh, for for bookshelf, I have the the book Contagious: Why Things Catch On by one Jonah Berger, and uh, uh, Jonah Berger is the uh, assistant professor of marketing at the Wharton School of Business at uh, University of Pennsylvania, very prominent business school. And this is a fascinating book uh, because he talks about the kind of the science of things going viral. What is it that makes a video go viral? What is it that makes a, a, a news story catch on and capture a, a nation's attention or whatever? And, and there's they've, and they've done a lot of scientific research on things that caught on and things that did not. Why did one thing catch on and why did another thing not? And and so you know he talks a lot about uh, trigger words and images that you know create an association with a story or a product or whatever that draws people in uh he you know, one of the things that we've laughed about a lot is he talks about creating arousal <laughs> and not what you're thinking but yeah. emotional arousal you want to stir up emotions in people um, you know we talk about in church planning all the time that people love to hear life transformation stories it it stirs up an emotion in them and and a fire to see that replicated and multiplied uh, in their own communities. So when you tell those stories that that either create uh, you know a righteous indignation or create a, an 
you know, visceral emotional response, those those stories tend to have a, a tendency to catch on and, and multiply and and, and spread. Um, you know, social currency is another thing that determines whether a, um, a story spreads or not. Do you gain social currency by sharing this story? And so if it makes you look cool or makes you, you know, people want to tell stories and they want people to, to see them as people in the know. And so if a certain story or product or recommendation uh, brings you social currency and capital, then you're going to be likely to share it. And, and that, that whole section right there is worth the price of the book. Uh, I thought that was fascinating. Uh, just, you know, how people think about what they talk about and, and not talk about. So, um, yeah, I, I could, I could talk about a whole bunch of different things in this book, but for time's sake, check out Contagious, uh, by Jonah Berger. Highly recommend. All right, today I'm going to talk about a book that we read uh, with our team, yeah, which was really helpful uh, by Patrick Lencioni, the Ideal Team Player, uh, which I think you may have already shared on this podcast, Dave. But uh, you know, if it's worth sharing once, it's worth sharing again. See, this so, is this is good though. See, it was uh, my recommendation for Ideal Team Player that yeah. Tim Wicker said I yeah. need to read that, and once he read it, he said our whole team needs to read this. Yeah, it's, so, it's really good. He tells a story to kind of illustrate his point. So over half of the book, I think, is this kind of fable he makes up about a real-life business situation. And then he builds uh, some principles off of that and talks about really the three main characteristics of an ideal team player are they're humble, hungry, and smart. Uh, they're humble. Uh, they have a passion for what what they're doing that that's outside of just work hours, and then they're smart in that they have people smarts. Yeah. And he talks about uh, you know if you just have one, then then you're you're gonna be deficient if you're just humble, but you're not hungry or smart. Yeah. You're gonna have problems if you're people smart, but you're not humble or hungry. You're gonna have problems. And it's funny because I started filtering people through the. They're humble, hungry, and smart. Yeah, and going well. They they wouldn't be a great team player because they're you know this, they're missing or, this. Yeah. Or or why has it been hard to work with that person? Well, you know they're they're humble and hungry, but they don't have a clue about how to deal with people. Yeah. So that that makes sense why that was hard to deal. So it kind of I think clicked for me, and then it it really made me realize too just areas that I need to work on when it comes to working within a team yeah. and, uh, and trying to bring um, the right uh, flavor to the right situations as it pertains to team and be better at team. Cause we can do more together uh, obviously. So yeah. I really, really loved it. I, it's w- the first book I've ever read by uh, Lencioni. Oh yeah. And it uh, won't be the last for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cause I just, and I mean, I think I read it in a, in a day, yeah. like in an afternoon. It's quick which, read. Which for me is, I'm usually pretty slow, but I plowed right through it and uh, in a good way. Yeah. And I really He's a good it, so. storyteller too. Really I mean, the good. Stories he yeah. The story, are, are the story's not cheesy. No, it's not. It's not. It, 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 it draws you in. It's almost like you're, it's almost like you're watching a movie in, you know, yeah. in, in some ways, but it's work related, which yeah. is very, it's interesting, but it's really great. Yeah. It's really good. Very good approach to, to writing. And, yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. Does he, do his other books tell stories? Yep. Same thing. The only yes. one, yes, yes. Okay. The only one that he doesn't do that in is, uh, the advantage, which is his new, uh, book on, uh, for kind of now, executives. did Andy Stanley kind of take his approach when he wrote yes. his book on? Okay, so that was a kind of let me, yes, steal your method here. Yes, that is very much influenced by Patrick Lindsay. Okay, yeah, all right, cool. Sure enough, what book was that? Uh, Pre- Preaching for a change or communicating, uh, communicating for change? For change. Yeah. And then also, um, um, oh my goodness, the he does another one that way. Um, ah, just left me. Yeah. The one where he talks about clarifying the wind and um, mm. his vision casting. It's not deep and wide. No. I can't remember. I'll look it up and yeah. share on that, the next podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So yeah. that's that's my book to recommend today. <laughs> and Which you did read. <laughs> I loved it. Yep. It was very good. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's it for another episode of The Grind and all of our silliness. Yeah. Uh, got a little silly sometimes. And... Uh, but, uh, you know, it's what you get when you're 30 episodes in. And, 
Uh, so stay tuned for some more episodes in the theories. And uh, but uh, you know, I'm starting to wonder if if these episodes never even aired, we might still do this. We might. <laughs> yeah. I would just because just uh, talk to nobody to nobody nobody just to record episodes nobody's listening yeah. Dave and Chad but that's oh, okay we listen to one have. another there sometimes alright alright so hey see you next time uh, stay tuned we've got some uh, uh, we'll have some some wrap up podcasts from the ABSC annual meeting some live podcasts there with some interesting guys coming up looking forward to that and uh, a few special guests uh, we're trying to nail down for the future. Uh, Alan Hirsch, I'm looking at you. Peyton Jones, I'm looking at you. So uh, they're coming. And so anyway, thanks for listening. Check us out. iTunes, Google Play, all those outlets. Write us a review on iTunes. And uh, that helps us and moves us up kind of on the iTunes podcast list. So uh, so thanks so much for listening. I hope it's helpful. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Keep grinding.